Jeff, and welcome to episode 97 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, video games. Joining me this week is Adam. Hello. Tcon. Hello. And Andrew. Howdy. Uh, all right. This week, we're going to be talking about our impressions of Horizon Forbidden West, game that came out last week. We've all been playing it a ton over the last week. Well, most of us haven't been playing it a ton. Andrew just started a day or so ago. Um, well, yeah. I started on Saturday. We're going to give you our first impressions, how we're feeling about the game so far. Uh, so, yeah, we're really excited to talk about it. But before we do, we're going to talk about our shark bikes. Uh, T-Con. Shark bikes. Our That's shark new. bikes. This uh, is a shop we're opening where all <laughs> shark, sharks, one and all, can come to cycle. Uh, Maybe <laughs> purchase some bicycles. Are they like the bikes in uh, Spongebob where they got like the, the fins on them? And... That, mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's see if we way. can get that to work, we'll be rich. Uh, Tikon is electing to not uh, have anything. He, there's nothing of interest for him this week that he wanted to talk about. So we're going to go right to Adam. Adam, what's your shark bite for the week? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing much really going around in announcement-wise, but I did see just earlier today that there's going to be a Pokemon Presents on Sunday for Pokemon Day. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Well, what do you mm. expect to see there? What do you hope to see there, or both? Um, uh, I'm pr- I'm guessing prob maybe some Ar- um, Pokemon Legends uh, DLC at some point. Maybe they'll announce that. It's pretty early for that. But it I, is, but it there was wasn't too, it wasn't it wasn't too long after Sword and Shield where they said they were getting DLC. That is very true. Yeah, I think it. I think DLC for Arceus would be very revealing about game freaks modern design philosophy in that they can get away with shipping an unfinished game which you know is a is a design philosophy and a in a dlc content philosophy that has echoed within the industry for the last decade it seems and if game freak starts to do it now they'd be a little late to the party i think there's a a big difference between unfinished games and dlc cyberpunk was an unfinished game that's fair but (laughs) a game has to have a release date people could theoretically add stuff to it forever and then it never comes out so you have to decide okay this is when this game is going to come out but we'll still make more for it after its release that's fair but there are a number of games there are a number of games where the even if the game doesn't necessarily seem unfinished there are a lot of content packs that i feel could be, could have been and should have been part of the release game and did not have to be sold at an additional price. If it's free DLC, it's an entirely different story. Yeah. But I know that Game Freak is probably going to chalk this up for like fifteen to thirty dollars each. Yeah. If, I mean, if it is multiple packs, so we aren't game developers and we don't know how budgets yeah. work for this stuff. So also true. Yeah. My other prediction: I would not be shocked if this was a jump-off point for a new generation if they're going to do one. What do we? nine was that the nine yeah because if you look at the pattern gen 8 was uh, 2019 mm-hmm. 7 was 2016 2013 2010 it's always in it's three been... years huh it will and 2022 marks three years since generation 8 launched so that is math interesting so it kind of, it kind of follows the pattern of every three years there's a new generation but that'll also kind of tell what they're looking for in the future if they're going to stick to these newer things or also stick to status quo and keep pushing out new generations. Mm. So I think it's going to be one of those things. It's either going to be a new generation or 
either DLC or announcement of some other spinoff style that deviates from the norm a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping to see Pokemon Sleep make an appearance again. <laughs> oh yeah, that kind of just vanished. How was that? It was some the app thing they, they said they're doing where you it tracks your sleep and your Pokemon gain experience. I have no fucking clue. It seemed bananas, uh, but we haven't heard from it. That was about four years ago or something like that that we first heard about. Pokemon I thought that was sleep. like two years ago. I was thought it? it was already out, to be honest. I don't yeah. think it ever came out, um, but, but yeah, yeah, they've never been... heard from it again. Yeah, but Pokemon's been making uh, small announcements every day this week, like stuff about like competitive stuff. Uh, well, fuck Pokemon me. Sorry, play. Pokemon Sleep came out in 2020, I guess. What? I knew it, it came out. Wait, no, it no, came... no. It, it says an upcoming mobile game for Android yeah. and iOS. It's not even out yet. Yeah, they no, announced it in 2020, and then it went. Sorry, in... I just Googled it, and on the side, it said initial release date 2020, but everything I'm reading is a, a upcoming mobile game. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Anyways. But yeah, Sunday is officially Pokemon Day, so that's when they're doing the actual presents, which are always separate from the Nintendo Direct, so might see something cool. Might not. Cool. I don't know. It's the only thing I noticed this week. Like, now that Elden, both Elden Ring and Horizon are out, we're kind of in a dry spell of announcement. Mm-hmm. Very briefly, before other things start coming out. Uh, Andrew, what do you want to talk about? My shark bite this week is Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which is a movie that I have seen. Okay. With my eyeballs. Uh, questions? I will uh-huh. take questions now. Uh huh. Yeah. What the fuck is going on in that entire movie? Okay. Because I still really I still don't know. I still I, like, haven't seen it. I need to watch that. I don't know, man. There's like it opens up and like there's these three goons who like clearly are Sephiroth followers. They're all weird. Sephiroth clones. They're failed Sephiroth. Yeah, yeah, Sephiroth yeah, yeah. Clones. Whatever. And like they're all they're trying to revive Sephiroth. And then there's the the planet. The what is it? The Geo Geo Stigma. The geostigma, which is like a disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Aerith is still alive in the live stream or something. And like, I don't know, man. It's wild. Yeah. The voice acting was not great. No. And and it doesn't look the, as good uh, as Final Fantasy VII Remake. No, that's also true. I do although I do have it on 4K Blu-ray, which is how I watched it. Um, the... Um, the, the entirety of the Final Fantasy VII party makes an appearance at, like, you know, three quarters of the way through the movie, mm-hmm. just because. Uh, They're so know, buddies. Tifa, Tifa's... Okay, this is, like... This was my main focus of the entire movie. Tifa's nipples are pronounced. I think... I don't think that's her nipples. I think... <laughs> That's just where the stitching on the shirt comes through. Are you sure? Because they're like markedly <laughs> up, like Let's a point. Uh, yeah. Googling Tifa's. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's just the design of the outfit. If so, that's a very poor design. It looks it like looked so like. Yeah, that's just where the stitching similar. on the outfit ends. That okay, but I the entire movie I could not get a get it past my mind. I was like, they really animated like tifa's hard nipples the whole time but anyway then then cloud is there and there's this kid who i guess there's a book that like or you know i if i'm having trouble describing it because i it is a it is an absolutely bonkers nonsensical thing yeah the president of shinra is in a wheelchair yeah you find out rufus survived the events of the seven where he gets blown to smithereens by ultima weapon yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then Reno and Rude are like your friends now or something. I mean, yeah, the Turks 
end up and even in the in Final Fantasy VII, the Turks end up kind of helping you out in the end. I don't remember that. Sephiroth comes back and then Cloud says, Sephiroth, what do you want? And then the trailer for <laughs> Final Fantasy for Sephiroth in Smash Ultimate plays. Yeah, <laughs> although I didn't realize that Advent Children is actually where the iconic of Stab. Sephiroth stabbing Cloud with his sword yeah. image comes from. I thought that was some some that was either just like fan art or key art from Seven, but nope. no, that's so that was cool to see. He does the um the uh, the ultimate ultimate move. What's the move called, Jeff? His Omni Slash. Uh, Cloud. It? Yeah. Yeah. He does Omni Slash and he summons all the other swords. I think and, they, in, like, and that's called Omni Slash V Five or something like that. Yeah. So that was cool. And then the movie kind of just ends. Yeah. It was a wild ride. I still, I still need to see it. Probably don't. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I want to talk about a game that got announced in this last week, Street Fighter VI. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't really ever seriously played a Street Fighter game, but I think I may try to put some time into Street Fighter VI. I've always wanted to, but I don't know. I was just never at a point where I actively wanted to play a fighting game uh they showed it's just a quick teaser trailer ryu is wide (laughs) wide wide yeah not thick he's wide (laughs) uh he's got a beard he's got weird looking feet and then luke is back who's the final dlc character for street fighter 5 uh when they released him in street fighter 5 capcom said he's going to be a major point and major character in Street Fighter 6, so it was oh. kind of Ryu and Luke squaring off in this quick teaser trailer. People made fun of the logo, said it looked like uh, <laughs> they bought a clip art for $80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so That's I, valid. I would fully expect them to rework that before the game actually launches, uh, but they said that we're going to find out more at the end of, or in the summer, and this is what the Capcom countdown was for uh we had speculated that it might have been a resident evil thing but it ended up i later read that it was coinciding with the end of the capcom cup which is their big fighting or street fighter tournament they do every year uh so once that hit zero the capcom cup was actually still happening so i think it was like a half hour or something after the timer ended when it finally showed the trailer so it would line up exactly with the end of that, but I'm kind of excited. I'm gonna follow what happens here and see where it goes, and maybe pick it up. Yeah, I've never played a Street Fighter before. We played Street Fighter Two at your house. That's true. I kicked your ass. Did we? <laughs> I don't remember playing it though. Are you sure I played? I maybe I played it with Nick Monaco. Either yeah, way, I don't, I, think I, I, kicked, I don't think I played it. I kicked his ass. Just T- kidding. Tigan's always been a Mortal Kombat guy. Mortal Kombat fan. So, yeah. Yeah, I played a little bit of Street Fighter 2 when it came out on Switch. And when Street Fighter 5 was part of the uh, PlayStation Plus pack or whatever, I played a little bit of that with my roommate. And it was a lot different, and I did not like how it felt. Um, so we'll see if I even attempt 6. Mm. From the branding so far, I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's very minimal so far, what we actually know. But yeah, we will see as it plays out. But... Let's talk about our main topic stories today. What do you get? Sorry, I just saw I just saw a picture of Ryu. Is it Ryu? Ryu? I I'm pretty sure it's Ryu. It's Ryu. Yeah. It says Capcom trailer, 
and he is quite wide. He's wide. And, adjust, <laughs> and, then, and then there's a picture right underneath that says adjusted, and he is much less wide. <laughs> Why, well, what then what's the point? He's got to be but, wide. He has um, to be wide. Wide is the design choice that we're here for. All right, Horizon Forbidden West. That is yes, the game okay. we were talking about this week. We've all been playing it. Uh, Tcon and I probably are over the 15 hour mark, if I had to guess. Probably. Adam and Andrew well, said they're around the 10 hour mark. Quest. Yeah, uh, I was. Yeah, I started out with some side quests too. I quickly, I was shocked the first time I looked at it, and I was already up to seven hours. I'm like, there's no way I put seven hours into this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the biggest thing about this game for me is time flies when I'm playing it. Yeah. I, I get so you, absorbed in this world. Yeah, you easily get lost, just like the first one. It's you know, it just very much doubles down on its world building. So much more though yeah. than the first one. Uh, like Yeah. Wow. So let's let's talk real quick. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which came out in twenty seventeen. Notably one week before Breath of the Wild, which has kind of <laughs> always been the shadow that Horizon uh, Zero Dawn had to live behind. People always said Horizon well, Zero Dawn's a great game, but Breath of the Wild, and I feel like yeah. it was always overshadowed. Um, well, yeah, because I got Horizon when it first came out because I didn't get Breath of the Wild because I didn't get a Switch right away. Yeah, um, yeah, and I loved uh, Zero Dawn. Like it's been in my top five, I think, since I played that game. Yeah, I actually remember, Teek, on the weekend that the Switch came out and we all came over to your house, we, I walked in because mm. I was the first one there. I had just gotten and my Switch playing, and, right? Jeff, and Jeff was still waiting at his parents' house for his Switch to come in. <laughs> yep. And yeah, I walked in and you were playing Zero Dawn and I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, but like, like you said, Jeff, it was always overshadowed by Breath of the Wild, one of, if not arguably, the best game to ever come out released one week later and uh spoiler alert it's happening again yeah uh (laughs) we this is i guess we'll briefly touch on this elden ring's reviews came out yesterday and it is currently it's it's nutty it's one of the highest rated video games of all time people say it's easily the best from soft game yeah uh so potentially horizon forbidden west is doomed to live under the shadow of elden ring and God the damn. fact that this could have happened twice in a row potentially is so sad for these games. Um, yeah. I think but... I think the benefit from Forbidden West is that now we've had this five year history of the first Horizon, and like after people were done playing Breath of the Wild, like myself, I went back and played Horizon Zero Dawn and loved that game. It's one of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now Horizon Forbidden West isn't just some new game. It is like we know it's going to be good. So, mm-hmm. like, it's still getting the attention it's deserved, but a lot of people are probably going to shirk it in favor of Elden Ring in the coming weeks. Yeah. But uh, not me. Ta- not only, me either. Only, I still know zero about Elden Ring. Only time will tell if Elden Ring will do what Breath of the Wild did. However, I will say, Elden Ring's going to be a bit more niche of a game than Breath of the Wild was, so maybe mm-hmm. it True. won't That's overshadow fair. it as much as Breath of the Wild did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Elden Ring also has an advantage of being on multiple consoles. That is also does. true. True. All right, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, like I said, we've all played it for I don't know anywhere between nine and fifteen hours. What are we thinking about it so far? Uh, I think I'm the only one who hasn't played the first game. I did not play Zero Dawn, and I jumped straight into oh, yeah. Forbidden West. 
So you're missing some story stuff. Yeah, I obviously watched a bunch of videos summarizing the story of uh, Zero Dawn. So, and I had a pretty good grasp on what had happened in that game. Um, so I guess I can go first as someone who didn't play the first game and giving that perspective. I feel so far I'm really loving this game. Uh, I'm teetering between. I'm kind of at a four point five right now, and I personally don't like to give point fives when I'm ranking games between one and five stars. Uh, I will settle by the end of my playing on four or five. I just don't know which way it's going to lean as the game goes on. I really am enjoying the mechanics of this game. When I first started, I felt like I it took me longer to onboard than most people probably would have who had played the first game because I'm sure a lot of things carry over and it, it would be like riding a bike and picking things back up immediately, whereas I had to start from scratch learning everything this game was trying to teach me. Um, but... Once I got into the open world of this game, I haven't felt like this since Ghost of Tsushima, where I just want to... I'm really bad at saying Tsushima. Leave me alone. Uh, I really just want to be in this world all the time and just run around and do all the side quests and talk to all the people and go to all the questions marks on the map. Um, it's just such such a fun world to live in. Um, I really got into a groove with the combat with the robot dinosaurs and robot animals where at first I didn't quite understand. I was just blindly shooting arrows at them and sometimes you'd see a glowing spot. But once I really figured out the, the cycle of scanning them, highlighting parts that are weak or give me components. So tearing off parts that give me components with a special bow that's good at ripping things off so I can craft stuff with them later and finding parts that are specifically weak to uh, elemental types such as acid and being like, oh, if I shoot this part with acid arrows, the, the robot will explode and shoot acid everywhere and do bonus damage. So once all of that started to click and I started to put it all together with the entirety of the combat, I really started to enjoy it. Um, I will engage just about everything I see because I enjoy so much running up and fighting the things. Um, I think the melee combat works pretty decently here it's a good supplement to what you the game obviously wants you to focus on which is the range archery combat um but yeah i just i've been enjoying it as a whole i have a couple gripes with it which is why it's not a a strong five out of five for me right out the gate um i guess i'll let you guys kind of give your your generic general thoughts first before i start to get into some of the things that bother me about the game um so yeah Tikan, you say uh, Zero Dawn's one of your favorite games ever. What? How are you feeling about Forbidden West? I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not super far into it uh, because, like you, I have been doing so much exploring, side quests and whatnot. I just did the first mission once you get into the Forbidden West, and it took a huge left turn that I was not expecting, and now I am, like, super engrossed. Yeah. I was already engrossed into the story because it's one of my favorite stories because of just how interesting it is but this left turn was wild very yeah. unexpected now i have yeah. no idea what the hell is going on i think yeah. Andrew, um, uh myself adam and Tikon are the only ones who have seen this and i think it's the only main mission we've all done i haven't done any main missions after that one neither have i i just did it uh the other night yeah um, i did it yesterday yeah. and I, andrew has yeah. not done it yet Correct. I'm, a, I'm on the one that's immediately after that. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah. I'm, I'm so, not too far ahead. 
I'm still yeah, trying so... to decipher what's going on, but it really grabbed me story-wise because before I was moderately interested in the story. I thought it was cool, and I thought it wasn't really doing anything super interesting compared to what the first game's story did. Uh, but now they've introduced something that's kind of drawn me in to be like, oh, what's what's going on with this mystery type yeah. of thing? So <laughs> um, you should really just do that mission immediately and then, I, and then go uh, back. Yeah, and I want to. So but I want to do side quests. You so you can just do side quests right after. Yeah. No, I have to do them now. <laughs> if they're available <laughs> to me, then I must do them before I yeah. progress the story. And the thing is, there are so many side quests. Like I'm already looking for. I can find the next my first cauldron to go hack. Mm. Just so I just Oh, you already did that? Okay. Oh, I haven't done any yet. I just Cauldrons I was, so I was cool, going dude. to do a side quest, and then I saw this symbol. I was like, wait a second. I hovered over it. I was like, ah, oh, sweet, my first cauldron. Okay, Jeff, are you aware of what cauldrons are? Yeah, they're like the factories where the robots get made, right? Yeah, and if you go through them in-game, you'll learn how to override more of them. Oh, I don't care about the override. And they're also just just really cool dungeons. Yeah, it it helps, though. Go back to your your general thoughts. Yeah. Um, I pretty much just straight use bows. I think I have four bows equipped right now. I've kind uh, of fallen into I that too. Hardly ever melee. Uh, I don't really use the trip caster. I don't have a trip uh, caster I equipped. I haven't used uh, spike. I haven't really used the spike thrower besides when I first got it because I was like, "Oh, cool, new weapon. Let's see what it does." I have I have a frost sling and blast sling. I've barely used either one of those. I bows. I love the bows, especially. I just got the um, the sharpshooter bow upgrade where um what is it you basically you crouch down and it's like a stronger shot and then when uh, you it hit explodes with it, yeah it, was it really has good. a huge explode and i was just one-shotting enemies laughing hysterically because of how awesome it was it's very I need that. um the skill trees are way more um in depth and advanced than they were in the first one, which I was a little yeah. overwhelmed with at first. Um, and I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to like really not look through and figure out how I'm going to play. I've mostly dumped everything in the uh, infiltrator and the uh, hunter with sprinkling a few other things that I think would be nice. Um, yeah, that, that's where I'm, I'm leaning too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going how... like a l- heavy stealth. Like I have the one where I can turn invisible. Um, which feel, is really cool. I feel like that's just what the game is kind of pushing you towards. Like, yeah. That's how they portray Aloy as someone who sneaks around to gain her information and then shoot a ton of arrows. But it works. It does work. Like, I feel, really well. I feel that most people default into having that be their main strategy. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's actually one of my main gripes of the game overall, even with the first one is the melee combat. Cause it feels like no matter what I do, like, like two, one or two hits from a machine will down me. So like, I feel like the, the risk reward playoff of going melee just isn't worth it. I found some decent success with it. Honestly, you unlock that combo where it's three light attacks and a heavy attack. And you knock them down and get a critical, and then from there can retreat back to shooting arrows if they don't just die from that. I've, I, if you put a few points into some key melee tree stuff, it becomes significantly better. 
So that's a great improvement over the first one because that was my that was my major issue with the first one. Just like no matter what I did, the spear just kind of sucked. Yeah, I didn't really care about the melee in the first one. I still kind of don't. I use it like if they're right on top of me and I want to get a few quick hits in, but they'll be they'll even be right next to me and I'm still using the bow. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that they did perfect in this, which a lot of games don't, is um, like walk run speed when you're following someone. That quest that I was talking about yeah, before yeah. where I started fighting the... Um, the shell snapper, the giant snapping mm-hmm. turtle. You're following a person and she's she's sprinting, but which is great. It's not like a slow, boring walk that takes forever. It's your full she's run sprinting. speed. Yeah, it's your full run speed. Like it's perfect. So that was weird. That was a nice that was a nice touch. Because a lot of Minor games touch. fucked that up. Yeah. Um Adam, give me your general thoughts on how you're feeling so far. Uh granted, I only played the first one a few months ago after finding it on sale. Just massive improvement over the first one like the first one was by no means a bad game but it seems like the grand majority of like the small little gripes i had with the first one they've just done so many quality of life upgrades to make them not as annoying so it's like uh, another big thing from the first one so you you can fast travel from campfires in this game mm-hmm. i believe in the first one you always had to use a fast travel pack to do any kind of fast travel Okay. Really? I could have sworn that you could fast travel from campfires for free. Well, maybe I, I maybe I maybe I just missed that, but that's a nice touch. Or like, at least in the first one, they had the pack that you could use. You could buy a pack that makes it so you can just fast travel as much as you want. Yeah, there maybe wasn't. That's, maybe I was, that's what I'm thinking about. I heard someone talk about there being an infinite fast travel pack. Yeah, but like you have to unlock it. But yeah. in this one, you just kind of get the ability from the get-go, which I think is kind of nice, because I always remember, like, being really annoyed or like, okay, where am I going next? And it's across the map, and I don't have a fast travel pack. Yeah, uh, the amount of campfires, so, too, they're, they're plentiful, so... Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So it's not, a, it's not a problem. Yeah, it's really nice. So you save the, sa- the fast travel packs for emergencies. Like, when you're really like, just out of shit, and you, mm. you need to go stock up. And they're super cheap to get, too, which is nice. Yeah, sure. and, uh, like I've twenty five uh, shards, I think. Yeah, and uh, I'm definitely with you guys too. I'm following. I love all the skill trees. I'm definitely leaning towards infiltrator hunter because, just like you said, Jeff, that's just what the game is kind of angling you to do. Like, oftentimes in like big fights against machines, like another big drive I've had is like I could be fighting something, then all of a sudden from off screen something comes and kills me because I couldn't see it. Mm. So it kind of feels like at melee against multiple things, unless you are on top of your shit, you're just massively disadvantaged in that fight. So I think it just kind of, the game naturally kind of pushes you towards, yeah, using the bow is just better. That's why there's all these different kinds of bow and the only actual melee weapon is your spear. Yeah, and you don't get like, upgrades for or other spears or anything. It's just nope. that. Okay. There might be like story I upgrades have, to this spear. Yeah, I have two I spears, have two but spears. their stats are identical. Yeah. Yeah, so it, the the spear becomes more of a cosmetic thing to show like story progression. Gotcha. Then it really is. We're still very early into the game, so there yeah. may be you know better spears because uh, I don't. I feel like there was multiple spears in the first one that were just cosmetic, and they didn't have. The stats like these do because they have like a bunch of different stuff on it that says what like a hundred percent or whatever. 
So oh, you can also it maybe you can also you can also add coils to it to adjust it, which is probably you know, that's, that's how you make things a little better, but the fact yeah. that there are like four different types of bow and only one true melee weapon kind of show that for me, like, yeah, you can do melee, like we'll give you melee upgrades, but the ranged combat is what we want to be the yeah. kind of the focus. And there's not even and there's there's a lot of new weapons in this game. Some of them I haven't even found yet. Um like a bunch of different slings now. The the spike thrower is pretty cool. It's just a massive exploding javelin. It actually actually does um, a fair amount of damage. I'm I yeah. keep one on me. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of what else I've seen so far. Uh the what is it? The I don't remember what it's called. It's like the disc shredder. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like you can throw like a that. Your disc and whatever yeah and it comes back and you can catch it like up to three times and each time you catch it, it does more damage i do kind of want to use that because i just think it's cool and i want to get better with it um yeah, but, yeah, yeah and like a bunch of new so, weapons yeah and back on the original track here uh like i already got lost in the open world i definitely fell down that rabbit hole of so many side quests i even found a few side quests i couldn't complete yet because i don't have any gear I found one yeah. that's going to require me to go underwater, and it yep. even says in game, "Can't do. I can't dive that far. I can't hold my breath that long." Which is kind of a hint Just that you will. Yeah, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of cool. Ayla even gives like hints through her dialogue of, "Well, this yeah. ain't going to work. I should I should come back to this later." So it kind of saves you from wasting your time on a, you know, something you're not equipped to do. Mm. Without the game just straight up like throwing a big red flag on saying like, okay, I'm going to break your immersion just to tell you you're not doing this. Yeah. So, so definitely going back to that because it said something about maybe some kind of armor, which would be really cool. I forget well, what I the... Know in the preview they showed, um, you, you had like a type of breather. Yeah. So and I have that'll haven't... be something you get too. Yeah, but I think I'm still like in the deserty version and like the deserty areas. And I just can't imagine myself finding that out in the middle of the plains. So yeah, probably if we if we find like a coastal region, I think it might come into play there. I mean, we are heading west, so I'd imagine the yeah. edge of the map is probably where you start to get. Yeah, and there's water. there's definitely and all the new tools in the game are cool. Like the first one you get the uh, the pole caster, like just such a cool mm. new way to interact with the environment and get around. Mm. Like definitely. That and even the uh, the glider, grapple hooks is, make everything better. Yeah, grappling hooks, gliders—they just they're adding in so many cool. Oh yeah, the shield wing. Yeah, that's just cool. That's just Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and yeah. It also like it's it's getting used in like puzzle aspects too, because you have to glide to certain areas to access other spots. So just yeah. between those two objects alone, it's just offering up so many new ways to immerse yourself in the world and have all these puzzles you can solve that really deviated from the last game. Which is just really cool. Yeah, I think we're seeing open world games evolve. Where Breath of the Wild introduced the the parachute or parasail, I think it was called, and we are now starting to see that in every open world game. I really think that Halo's use, Halo Infinite's use of the grapple hook, is going to be something we see in a lot of open world games going forward. Every so every once in a while, we get a game that really solves a key traversal thing for open world games and every open world game in the future or our most are going to take these in some fashion and alter them into their games just because it makes the experience more enjoyable 
Uh, Andrew, we haven't heard a lot from you yet. What do you think of this game so far? Uh, it is pretty great. Uh, I think that it is immersive in ways that other open world games are not, in that the world is populated not only with you know interesting environments but also interesting people you know all of the npcs that i've run into are genuinely interesting and colorful characters that like i actually sit and listen to their dialogue because it's all mm. voice acted mm. i love their like you can immediately latch onto their personalities and the plights that they have are more, most of the time you know pretty interesting they actually feel like living breathing characters with lives in this world and i think that's really great um and I think that also speaks to the strength of the world itself, which is, you know, they took this fictional future and then turned it into a, an additional fictional future on top of that, right? Where they have this entire ecosystem of tribes and religions and 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 cultures, and that's all, it all works really well and works in the game's favor. So I'm in loving every side quest that I do. And it's never, it's never you know, all this basic grunt work, like, go kill three rats and then report back to me and I'll give you some EXP. It's like, no, you're uncovering conspiracies and, you know, hunting specific robots and, you know, procuring parts and then helping better the lives of these people, you know, even just the, sorry, Jeff, in the, even just in Chain Scrape, the first town that you visit, it's like, I was invested in many of the side quests I was doing and then when you do them all, they have a satisfying payoff. So they have those mm. fetch quest things where it's go get these three small things and bring them back to me. But they're in the a separate contracts. Yeah, they're in a separate section yeah. of the menu, so you know that's exactly what you're getting into. And anything <laughs> that's a, so many types of stuff. Anything that's a green exclamation mark labeled as side quest, you know that's going to be a fully fleshed out story with interesting characters and a really cool thing that you have to go accomplish, like you were saying, yeah. as opposed to just the simple, boring thing that we've experienced from Assassin's Creed games. That's, okay, go get this thing and bring it back to me. And you do that climb the, five times. Climb the tower. Climb the thing for me. You know. yeah. Yeah, go talk even, to this person, then talk to this person, then talk to this person. Find this yeah. collectible and this collectible. Yeah. Yeah, and even with those fetch quests, like you know there's going to be a payoff because one of the first guys you run into after Chain Scrape is saying, the guy who gives you some of your first... You know, fetch quest. He's saying, "I'm trying to build the best armor in the West." So you kind of know yeah. that mm. if I go down the rabbit hole of doing all these, exactly. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some dope armor for this. Andy so Samberg, at least... motherfucker. Oh God, he does look like is Andy. That who it is? That's what he looks like to me. And I said yeah. that to Andrew. Oh, okay. and I, thanks for that. I can't unsee that now. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of too. I didn't even yeah. think of that. I did all of his yeah. fetch quests, and he didn't give me the armor he was hyping really up. No, I, 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 I look like, immediately did those quests, and he's like, "Yeah, cool, so did I." You asshole. <laughs> yeah, I did all three of them too, and he gives you a spike thrower, but he's not done with the armor. Yeah. I think I, I looked it up because I was pissed. This is like the only little spoiler I've had. Mm-hmm. You have to do all of them in the West uh, to get the armor. So yeah, I was like, like the, um. Oh, what was it like the shadow weave armor in the last one or whatever it was where you had to find all of the um the cells oh yeah the one that was like locked underground or whatever yeah it had know. like the force field on it or whatever right i Maybe. remember what you're talking it's about been, it's been a couple years since i've played it but i don't uh, think i, I, I don't I think i ended if... up getting it in the first no game. I, oh but... I, I i did i made i i tried to do as much as i could with that game but um I wonder if it's going to be like that because I Maybe. think you learn early on in the zero dawn about that 
armor. Um, and then you spend most, you can't get it till just before, like one of the last story missions. Mm. I mean, but, usually someone that good's got to have like a long time to pay off. Sure. But anyway, uh, not only are the actual side quests good, but those, those grunt work missions, you know, just the contracts and mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the random fetch quests, I also find very enjoyable just because of how fundamentally fun the core gameplay is of fighting machines and running around and the exploration of the world. You know, I, when I'm on my way to a location for a side quest, sometimes I'll run by, you know, like an abandoned building, the relics, the ruins are super cool. I love, that's my favorite thing about this world is that it doesn't, they didn't just wipe a clean slate, you know, and, and say, okay, it's basically prehistoric times. So we're just, you know, everything is just wilderness and all of that. There's, you know, you'll run into a location and you'll find like an abandoned overgrown parking garage with a bunch of rusted over cars. And I'm like, this is so cool. It's like, yeah. I went from, I went from mountains to like this lost archaic civilization. And it's, it's just such a unique visual. And then sometimes you'll find the underground areas with all of the technology and the unique colors that come into play there are also very enticing. I'm assuming they played it up way more in this game compared to the first game because the big reveal in the first game was, oh, by the way, this is distant future Earth and everything yeah. went to shit. So I'm assuming I mean, you didn't see... I don't know. Mind-blowing. <laughs> it's like, that was part of the mystery in the first game for sure, but they show you, like, one of the very first things you do in that story is Aloy falls underground when she's a child and finds the focus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. she falls into one of those facilities. And so that's one of the first things you see. So you understand from a very early point in that game that there's something going on with the technology. You know, like, this is like a, this must be some kind of far future. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, and then I think it was supposed to figuring that out. I think it was supposed to be the, it was never expected that it was Earth in the future. I've always thought that people assumed it was its own weird sci-fi world that wasn't yeah, and that was the big reveal. Maybe. i don't know and i didn't yeah, like, play it so i don't well, know the 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 big reveal of the first one like you knew something happened but the big overall story of the first one is finding out what exactly happened yeah and i will you, say sorry go for it adam yeah because you even learned the first one that so like humanity was restored because there's no way to stop the extinction from happening and there was supposed to be a repository of knowledge so that when humans came back, they didn't lose the previous, however, thousands of years of, of advancement, but that got wiped. So all the humans who came out, that's why they're restarting as these tribal peoples because they didn't have yeah, things like so prehistoric. Yeah. Spoilers like, for Zero Dawn, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Spoilers <laughs> for Zero Dawn. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening about Forbidden West, maybe. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's your own fault at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, like my, I, my, oh, you go. Sorry. Uh, well, I was uh, the la my last uh, bit about my general thoughts is that I will say my uh, your understanding of the first game story is I think imperative to your uh, investment in this one. I have a very vague recollection of the characters' story and events of the first game because I played it four years ago uh, and have not re re immersed myself in that since. And I think I probably should have at least watched a video. Because even yeah, from the first the, same way. From the first moment that I was playing this game and Varl is with you, I'm like, I don't remember who the fuck Varl is. When the when the Sun King, you know, is talking to you, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of remember 
you. Uh, so the only characters that I remembered going back into this were Erend and and um, and Silence. You know, because obviously they were such big parts of the first game, or at least Silence mm-hmm. was. I just remember Erend because I think he looks like the love child of uh, of Paul Rudd and the other guy from Anchorman, the uh, the guy who plays Champ. I can never remember that actor's name. Neither can I. <laughs> um, but so I was pretty lost going into the story, going into this game. And the thing that intrigues me about the story so far, even though we've I've gotten very little of it, is the idea of what they could do. You know, like now you guys are saying there's some major twist that happens very early on. Really excited about that. But even before knowing that, I was like, the first Zero Dawn story is one of my favorite in all of video games. And the mystery of that game was so enticing and thrilling the entire time that I don't know how they're going to recapture it in this game. But I've always been so intrigued (laughs) on finding out. So I love how there's so much extra lore to find throughout with all of. the data pieces that you can find, like all the conversations and voice, um, like the voice memos and whatnot that really goes into all like the inner workings of what happened all those years ago. Yeah. You definitely get to just dive in. Cause there's not, it's not just telling you the story. You're piecing it together from all these old video messages. So it's, it really sets in the point that there is no one left to tell these stories. These are just right. the echoes of what happened. Hmm. And it fully fleshes out characters you don't ever see or meet, like exactly because they've been the game. they've been they've been dead for over a thousand for like years. A thousand years, yeah. Because like in the in the setting of this, I think we're like well into the years three thousand or something. Hmm. Yeah, so. it's at least a thousand years after. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Cool. Um, I'm very 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 much enjoying it. So I'd mentioned uh, real quick. David Kochner is his name. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I'd mentioned a bit earlier when I was talking about it, there are a few things in this game that I don't think are working super well. And that's what's stopping me from saying this game is one of my favorite games ever. And I, this is all, I'll see how it all affects me when I get to the end of the game. And if I still feel this way, one of the big things is Aloy talks way too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, is constantly just saying things in a way that people don't do. And it it's unnecessary as a video game. The amount of times she's told me, I'm going to stash this in my stash for later. Oh, it's like, I know, I know yeah. you're going to put stuff in my stash when I've gotten more than my inventory can hold. I've been doing this for 15 hours. You don't need to keep telling me. Or when you're yeah. doing an environmental puzzle and – she says things such as, oh, I'm climbing up this thing. Oh, I made it to the top of the thing. Or, oh, I really need to go kill this guy. Oh, glad I killed that guy. She narrates every single thing she does to the point where it's it's too much. Um, yeah. she, she ruins puzzle solving by talking too early. A, lo- a thing video games have always done, or modern video games have always done, is when you get stuck on a puzzle, the game will recognize that after a while and your character will say something along the lines of, Oh, maybe I should go check out this thing. And it always seems to be at the right time where I'm at my wits end and getting frustrated with the thing. And I get this little hint that pushes me towards the solution to the puzzle that I'm trying to accomplish. But Aloy, I will walk into the room and I won't even have a chance to think about what I need to do. And Aloy says, Oh, maybe we should, I should go check this thing out. 
And I'm just sitting here. I don't, why didn't you give me the chance to figure this out? Um, so not only is it frustrating because her talking is taking away from my experience of solving puzzles, but it's also just so overbearing to hear her constantly just talking to herself and saying things that don't need to be said. Um, I, I honestly don't even notice it that much. I think I've just got it now. tuned out. <laughs> yeah, I think I've just had it tuned out. You're really going to pay attention to it now. Yeah, no, I definitely noticed. And it's like, it's like you said, she's also constantly stating her current objective. And like, every time you do really any action, she says out loud, okay, now I need to go do this thing in this place and talk to this person. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And I think that that is, that is definitely, for me, the game's major flaw um, is that as immersive as the world itself is, there are these little like game design things in there that work very well from a game design perspective, but take me out of the world at all. Mm -hmm. Like the pull caster is great. And I think it adds a lot to the puzzle solving in this game, but goddamn, why are there these random blue X's on every surface where they otherwise have no place being there? Yeah. And all of the, this bothered me in the first game too, but all every climbable surface is highlighted yellow. Mm -hmm. You can turn uh, that off. You can turn that off. Can you? Okay, that's awesome. But yeah, uh, so you make it that way. They only come up yellow when you click your focus. Okay, and I like. Pulse. And I was about to say, I like that. That the focus is an in-game write-off for that, right? Like yeah, it's an in-world cool. excuse to be able to do that. It makes sense. You highlight areas with the focus that Aloy can probably climb. But like when you're in like these abandoned buildings and these steel girders are placed vertically along the wall painted yellow, I'm like, okay, come on. Like that's fair. Um yeah. I I'd, I'd mentioned to you guys in a text message that I wished when you click in the right stick, the focus sings, sends out a ping and highlights things you can pick up and mm -hmm. things of interest. And I feel like I'm just running around mashing that button as soon as the pulse ends, I'm doing it again because I don't want to run the by something that I'm going to miss. Dude, the, the picking up animation is, like, so short, but so tedious so after you do it ten times in yeah. a row. Yeah, it, that, I, that is one gripe I do have, yeah, is that animation. I'm At totally first, it's like, whatever. Yeah, I'm totally cool I, with games that don't have animations for collecting. Ghost yeah. of Tsushima is the best example. Yeah, it just it's added to your inventory. When watching, you're, watching especially, like, when you are riding a horse, dude, specifically. That's, that's the worst. The horse comes to a complete stop, and Aloy bends over to pick up whatever it is off the yeah. ground. Yeah, it's, but in Ghost of Tsushima, you're riding a horse, and you walk by some grass, and you're like, give me that grass. Like, <laughs> you just take it. Jin will do an animation to reach out and grab the things, but... His, but it's seamless. Yeah, it doesn't stop his motion, which is what happens with Aloy, which is frustrating. Yeah. I noticed um, it even more after playing uh, Pokemon legends the other day because same thing like you that run you hit a, it just it just picks up and you keep moving it does it and then i was playing horizon i was like oh god this feels yeah even longer i want to finish my point before i forget it um there is a thing in the menu that you can switch so that that ping is like always on you don't have to push a button to keep pinging and i'm gonna absolutely switch that on because oh. i'm wow. consistently clicking in the right stick and i hate it um uh, one, so back on the animation thing, I heard someone say that this game is a little over animated to add the flourish of being cinematic. And I, I think I agree with that. It's kind of what we were just alluding at where the, the amount of animation they're adding to make the game cinematic is taking away from pl playing it as a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's a bit of a fault of the game. 
where don't get me wrong this game is gorgeous it's one of the prettiest games ever um mm-hmm. a quick side note i said back when final fantasy 7 remake came out that all games should make their character models more cartoony because it makes it or a little less realistic because it makes it easier to make them believable what you point at the last of us part one and even part two to a degree where they're trying to make super hyper realistic humans in their game and it just always feels a little bit off but in this game this is the first game that made me think okay they can pull it off at a quick glance any of these characters you can just be like oh is that a is that a real person oh no this is a video game um yeah these character models look absolutely stunning um but yeah the animations i think are can be a detriment in this game which is a bit of a bummer and it's just it's just taking away from that perfect seamless experience that i feel like this game could be um yeah i think particularly when i'm climbing up things and aloy jumps to another uh slightly far away like no not even not even landing just a railing Uh and she like grabs it but the lower half of her body like keeps momentum and swings and then she has to settle and then you can start climbing again after a few seconds i'm like okay yeah like this makes sense but also just let me keep going yeah she'll do the assassin's (laughs) creed perch if you jump onto a beam she'll do the thing Mm. where she crouches and her hands are on the ground and she holds that pose for feels like almost two seconds yeah, uh, I had. I just I just had keep happen. going. This, this, oh, this I, is a video game. Let me have fun. <laughs> You're stopping I had the that fun. Happen when I was doing uh, the story mission the other day, like you have to, you have to drop down on like this moving arm. Well, I dropped down, and she did that animation, but then just uh-huh. barely slipped off the surface because the animation was sitting like this, and the arm moved, and I dropped and died. I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" Yeah, stuff like that can be very frustrating. Um. Uh, and I think the other, the last big thing that's really kind of bothering me about this game is there might be too much in it when it comes to mechanics and like the skill tree. I feel like the skill tree is very bland and almost pointless. I think uh, I'm level 15 or so, and I'm like already at a point where I don't feel like I need to do anything else with the skill tree. And there I, are so many things oh, for wow. me to still unlock, and I just don't care about any of them. I don't have a problem with the skill tree because I think they yeah, so no. generously give out skill points. That's just true. like right. because sometimes you'll do a side quest, and the reward will be two skill points, and then you'll mm-hmm. get two skill points when you level up, and two skill points when you finish a, yeah. a new mission. And I'm like, they're giving them out so frequently that I I'm almost done with the hunter tree. And but I'm I guess that's I guess that's my point. Is just I don't care about what's in the skill tree. So like. They're giving me all these skill points, but I have no interest in opening up the menu to look. I've looked ahead in all of them, and nothing really... There's nothing I want to work towards. I'm I'm still so early in the game and feel like I got all of the things that I wanted to work towards. And there's nothing... I wish there was... They could have condensed this into three trees and added more enticing stuff further down. That's funny, oh. Jeff, because that's exactly what the first game skill tree was worth. There were, <laughs> really? I think there were three skill trees. There tree were three, yeah. 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 I feel... And they were, they were very, very close to your traditional skill tree. Like, even just the layout and, mm-hmm. like, the way that they were designed and all of that. But uh, I kind of liked it the way they did it in this game because, I like, yeah. it rewards investment into one particular tree, but also it it provides you with many different options. And even though they may seem incremental now, I am genuinely curious about looking into the other skill trees, which I have not done yet. I have only 
put points in and looked at the abilities in the hunter tree and you were saying there's like melee combos in one of the trees and i'm like mm-hmm. that sounds awesome so yeah, I can't yeah there's there. like others for like you can carry more health and what like health uh berries and whatnot so i dumped a few points into that one um I and like think- you can level up different skills too and all the different surges and whatnot so i don't mm-hmm. know i I like it. I think it offers a lot and it how it can help expand different play styles because while they do kind of push towards bow combat, there's so many different weapons I know, that I guess that's another thing that I'm not a fan. I there are all these different types of weapons. I see no reason to use anything except for bows, and my entire wheel is just bows that do different elements. And I don't, I like the spears. I don't know why I would use the spear because I can just shoot an arrow faster and do just as much damage. I don't know why I would use the slingshot. I can shoot my arrows farther and do just as much damage. I think as you run into more powerful enemies, if it's anywhere near as similar as it is to the first game, that you will find yourself uh in need of certain things like i remember in the first game fighting a couple bosses and i'm like i need to unload all of my sling ammo at this in order to kill it you know because the sling have has a larger area of effect with the with i guess the ice in that case the ice is the only one i have right now but i remember there being others in the first game Um, okay right now i got a frost i think i think it it, hopefully it will present you with challenges that require you to use multiple weapons i think so we are still so early in this game. Like, did you even try and fight the Thunder Draw yet? No, because I know I'm under leveled. That doesn't happen. Ah, nah, you, nah, you still try it. No, I tried it at level ten and died because you were under leveled. Completely smashed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was so, awesome. Last year, uh, what was the League of Legends RPG? Uh, the Ruined King. Yes. I started playing that game. I thought it was really fun, and I got I don't know ten, twelve hours in, and I had gotten to a point where, I don't know, maybe I was a third of the way through the game, not even, and I had found a combination of abilities and a party composition that I just did the same thing for every single battle to the point where the game was no longer fun. I feel like I had solved the game so early, and I wasn't enjoying it anymore, and I wasn't getting anything new or interesting. Same thing with the skill trees. I had gotten all the stuff I needed to... Basically, I had Alawi be a, a tank where... She, I would use one ability to go into a defensive stance uh, so people would only attack her, but then also would gain health when she got attacked, so she was unkillable. It's like, okay, this game is over now. I don't have to put any thought into anything, and I'm afraid that's what's going to happen here. And I hope you guys are saying they didn't – in the first game, they presented you with challenges where that you have to use other tools and whatnot. So I'm hoping yeah, cause, that happens with this game as well. Yeah, because you're early enough where, like, yeah, like, the blast slings don't seem like, uh, you know, they're that useful. Like, you say, oh, I just want to do damage. But you will find eventually there are going to be certain uh, machines that are like, oh, this thing is, like, super vulnerable to fire damage. And while you have fire arrows, you might find that the quickest way to actually stack up that effect to your advantage is to use the blast slings. Which shoots faster. Or the warrior bows, right? Those are the the bows that shoot really fast. Yeah, the faster firing ones. Yeah. Yeah, so there will be, uh, like, the sharp shot bow is going to be great for human encounters where you want to take them out quietly. Because mm-hmm. it's got longer range, more draw time. Like, you don't want to be using that in the thick of combat. Yeah. Yeah. 
and maybe there's a maybe they present you with a an, a challenge where it, it is a lot of enemies that you need to take out stealthily, and for that the shock traps will be very useful. Oh, see, for those I just sneak around and get critical. Yeah, that strikes. too. No, I I loved in the first game just sitting up in the heights, like just I pull out the sharp shot bow and I just get headshots. Mm. The only only All problem right, yeah. with this, I was so used to playing Dishonored, where all my bodies disappear. Where I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there will be uh, some moments where it'll force you to use more options. I hope so. Yeah, because I'm I feel like I'm at a point. I have this uncommon bow leveled up. Uh, what's the name of it? It you can buy it in Plain Song, the Slicing Hunter bow. Oh, I haven't been to Plain Song yet. It's got hunters and advanced hunters. I already have this bow to level five, uh, max level, which is level. Four four and it's doing insane amounts of damage like more let's see the hunter arrows do 36 damage and 70 tear and the advanced arrows do 52 damage and 130 tear which i don't have anything close to that with any of my other weapons so i'm, I'm just running around with this bow and i feel like even enemies that have elemental weaknesses i can just shoot them with this bow in their weak spots and kill it faster than exploiting their elemental weaknesses with other weapons. Yeah. And I'm just afraid that I have already gotten to a point where I've gotten an optimal build and don't need to change it, but I'm doing it. I really hope that it changes. Like you guys say it's, it did in the first game. So yeah. and that's the only thing that's holding me back from like saying this game is a five out of five at this point for me is that fear that I now just going to do the same thing for the next 40 hours. But I really enjoy doing that thing, which is why it's still a four to me. At least a four uh, out of five. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this game, and I think about it a lot, and I always want to be playing it, which is clearly a good sign that it's a good game. Those are just my only concerns right now. Yeah, I see that. But we're all we are like we said, only a few measly 10 hours in mm. yeah i'm i'm i think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how much the game will vary later with your approach to yeah. certain things like every, every weapon does have its use but it is really easy in the beginning hours of the game to go i want to shoot everything yeah like you're gonna fight tougher things later where you're gonna quickly realize uh sitting out and shooting is not my best bet because i ran into this problem a lot in the first one that thing has a massive health bar my arrows do very little if I don't hit the weak spots, and it can down me in one hit. That was, yeah, that was the next thing I was going to say, is eventually robots will get such large health pools that you will need to exhaust your entire arsenal. Yeah, okay. so un like unless, yeah, unless you're explicitly only hitting weak points, your bow is going to do jack. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to need to be creative. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And if that proves to be how the game evolves as it goes on then i think this game will easily get to yeah. a five for me yeah exactly there are even there are a couple it things of enemy in the will. first game that i never even managed to beat like if i saw one i just had to run which yeah. one uh the, the thunderbird oh i beat oh, that the, guy the stormbird yeah stormbird whatever it's called you never... haven't seen a stormbird yet i saw <laughs> the, the downed stormbird yeah those things are legit they're yeah they're fucking huge, and they hit hard. And uh, yeah, and they're, the, they're, yeah. Adam, did you play any of the Frozen Wilds DLC? I did. Yes. Did you fight I the bears? Play, I only played yep. a little bit of it. <laughs> oh, robot, the bears! Robot, robot bears. bears. 
Um, just two two words, gentlemen. Robot kangaroo. The kangaroos. Are Wait, we're in uh, this game? Yeah, there. Yeah, there's a kangaroo. Lee Blasher. <laughs> Lee Blasher's. Yeah. Uh, you're spoiling it, it for me, <laughs> dude. The, the the fucking machine designs in this game are so cool. so good, so cool. I, I love how like yeah. when I want I want mom. one thing and one thing only. That's robot disgusting. sharks. You imagine that once you get out really far west, there has to be sharks, right? You'd really? think, but I haven't but seen anything about it yet. Like, why not sharks? Yeah, I hope so, dude. We'll see. Shark. There's the there's a whole underwater thing. You know, there's got to be sharks. Shark of the year by default. I don't if even care. What, I don't care what they do in Elden Ring. <laughs> Shark of the year. <laughs> uh, all right. Are there any finishing thoughts that you guys wanted to throw out there? Uh, I don't think so. I think we kind of covered all of it, like until we put yeah, like twenty so. more hours into this. Yeah, like I said, it's rough now. Like I would definitely, Andrew. I expect a text in the group chat once you fucked once you figure out the the big old plot twist. That, well, we, well, we got. I don't yeah. think Derek's that far in, so don't. Yeah, so maybe do one with just the four anything. of us. I'll just, I'll yeah. just make a separate group chat. Yeah. And yeah. Say, and Holy once you once you know what it is, I want yours. I want your reaction to it. Okay. Yeah, so. I will. I will do my best. I'm probably gonna play it as soon as we're done. Yeah, I'm thinking I might do that for a little bit too. Mm. It's just so fun. Um, all so right. what I'm hearing is, let's end the podcast and go play Horizon. I think that uh, might. Yeah, be... that's uh, that's best segue we've had all night. Uh oh, man! I quickly, I was telling Andrew about this. I think I might have mentioned it to you, Tcon. My fucking PS5 controller has insane oh, yeah. drift oh, in the left yeah. stick. Oh, no. It gets stuck in the forward position, so I'll be running. And this is exacerbated by Aloy's animations, like we talked about, where I'm just sprinting, and I let go of, let go of the stick to do something, and she'll just keep going. Full fucking <laughs> speed. Uh, it's the worst. I've run off cliffs. I've run into enemies. I've I've run past things that I'm trying to stop and pick up. It's infuriating. It happens probably one out of every three times I push forward on the stick. Uh, so I, I ordered a new PS5 controller today because Did I also get a color or a I got the purple one, one because it's fucking beautiful. Uh, um, I know, man. I love my I love my purple one. It's so cool. Uh, I was gonna get the blue, but one of the there's two main things that made me want to get a new controller. One was the um, the the stick obviously and the other one was how grody the white <laughs> controllers get if you look at the back of my controller my white controller it's got weird goop stands brown it's just yeah the sweat i got sweaty that palms sounds disgusting yeah i was gonna say mine is fine i have very sweaty palms i'll show, next time you come over to my place i will show yeah. you the back of my ps5 controller it's gross i uh, believe you so i ordered a new one it comes in on tuesday i think but i'm excited about that <sighs> nice yeah uh, dude the purple looks even better in real life yeah it's fucking sweet i was gonna get the light blue one but i was afraid uh, that i would also it wasn't a dark enough color for me not to make disgusting with my gross gloves. Hands. <laughs> gaming gloves gaming gloves um, all right well i believe that brings us to the end of this episode of the game sharks podcast thanks for listening i got nothing else to say with that we are finished.